Our, our text uh, tonight is Matthew 12, <clears throat> verse 34. For out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and the evil man evil things out of the evil stored up in him. I don't know if you remember much about uh, your chemistry at school, but uh, if you remember a little, then you remember that little bit of paper, I think it was usually a lilac-coloured paper, that uh, you would dip uh, into uh, a test tube full of liquid, and it would tell you whether the, the liquid was, was acid or if it was alkali, so it's a pH of below 7 or above 7, and if it was acid, so something like vinegar that was in the test tube, then uh, the little bit of paper would turn red. And if it was something uh, that was alkaline, then the paper, uh, instead of turning red, it, it turned strong blue. The paper showed up what was what the liquid was. The liquid um, was just liquid. You couldn't tell what it was until you put the litmus paper, as it was called, into the test tube. Jesus is saying that our words are like litmus paper. They reveal, they bring out into the open something that which would be hidden otherwise, the state of our hearts. They show what our inner character is like. And Jesus used a number of different pictures to get this truth across. He said, first of all, that our speech, our words, are like fruit, which show what kind of tree they have come from. Again, he says that our words are like an overflow valve. Uh, the reality of what is really in our hearts is shown by what it is that spews out from our tongues. Okay, so you've got a pond, and the pond is covered over with a plastic cover, and there's no way of telling what's in that pond, whether it's crystal clear water or sewage, until the liquid spills over the top. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, uh, our words, Jesus says, are important. They are very important. Now, the context in which Jesus says this is a conflict that he has with the Pharisees. The Pharisees have been consistently bad-mouthing Jesus. They've been slandering him. They've been uh, bringing against him the harshest of accusations. They've been saying, in effect, that he's doing miracles through the devil. And the people thought that the Pharisees were very religious people. Uh, they would never have been caught out doing anything like stealing or murdering or adultery and so on. And to, so, to show others what is actually in the hearts of the people, Jesus says to those around him, listen to the words that these people are saying. I want you to look at how they've spoken about me and about my ministry because their words reveal to you something about their hearts that their outward religion, if you like, is hiding. They look godly, but the way they speak about me 
reveals something about their hearts which is terribly wrong. In fact, they are utterly opposed to God. They are opposed to God's grace, even although they minister in the name of the God of Israel. Now, this is a little bit of an aside, but that is actually what's behind this uh, problematic verse about blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. Somebody who does that is someone who is determined to resist the work of the Spirit of God in their life and does everything to prevent it happening. Uh, and although people get uh, sometimes disturbed and anxious about this and whether they've done it or not, it's always very helpful to remember that someone who had done this, had committed this unpardonable sin, would have no concern about having done it by its very nature. It would not be something that you were concerned about. But back to the subject. Words are important. They reveal our heart. Now, we we naturally push back against the idea that words are a big deal. uh, Because if you were to count up the number of words we say in any day, and for some people it's more than others, but for most of us, we talk a lot, don't we? We say things. And a lot of what we say doesn't seem to be that important. Talk about the football. Uh, we exchange recipes. Uh, we do all kinds of things that don't seem to be that significant. But Jesus says that even our careless words are important. He says, I tell you, that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. Now, that doesn't mean that every word has to be significant you would actually be a rather boring person if you, only, if you never said anything that wasn't very important and serious. Uh, a lot of the, the, the words, a lot of the speech that we, we use, if you think about it, we use to make connections with people. We, we, talk, we, we, we use the term small talk. And it's actually important to be able to connect with people through small talk. So... People speak about uh, the, the, the football results or they comment on a person's appearance. And these are insignificant words. They're not important words, but they reveal our hearts. Uh, they reveal our hearts uh, because uh, sometimes this, this aspect of our conversation does people good. You see, it makes people understand that we really want to connect with them. And although what we're saying in itself isn't that important... They know that we're on site, we want to get closer to them, and this is the bridge that we're willing to build to get near them. But on the other hand, our small talk, our careless words, can hurt. You know, we can be, uh, we can speak words in jest, but still be heavy-handed and clumsy. The words can be negative and hurtful. Now, little thought went into these careless words, they, as it were, were just generated spontaneously, it seemed, but they came out of our hearts. And they either did good or they did ill. And they showed what was in our hearts. And our small talk, Jesus said, will be weighed. And Jesus also said that our words will be the evidence as to whether or not we're right with God. For by your words, he says, you will be, acquit- you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Now, no at least we ought to know 
that we will not be in heaven at the end because we've been good enough. None of us can get into heaven by being good enough. We will only be right with God by trusting in Jesus and his righteousness. But that brings in a new lifestyle. And Jesus is saying that our words are the litmus paper. They show up what's in our heart, whether we are trusting Christ and following him, or whether we are unconverted and still living in our sin. I want to look with you at the question, what is bad fruit? What is good fruit in relation to our words? Uh, Secondly, what our words reveal about the inner workings of our hearts? And then thirdly, uh, and very practically, how do, we, how do we go about seeking to control our tongue, which is such, such a difficult thing to do? Well, first of all, what does good fruit look like and what does bad fruit look like? Good fruit and bad fruit, Jesus says, are a result of our words. Our words are never delivered in a vacuum. Uh, they're always... Uh, spoken in uh, some kind of a situation, and either it's a situation which is good and uh, we're really blessed in it, or it's a time that's bad. Uh, sometimes we're speaking and, uh, you know, we're in good form, everything is going well for us, the wind is at our back, we're enjoying the presence of God, uh, our relationships with those near us are good, we're in good health, we feel appreciated, everything's positive, and that gives us opportunities to praise God and to give thanks to God. Opportunities to, uh, to be humble, uh, to witness and so on. And then there, there are times when we're oppressed by our situation. Uh, times when we feel tempted. Uh, when we're suffering in some way. When we're misunderstood. Uh, when physically and emotionally we're tired. And we speak in these situations. We speak when I'm really, really tired. Uh, when people have been really difficult in work, and I'm speaking in that situation. Remember the, the, the picture there? It's what's in the cup that uh, comes out of it. Uh, our situation doesn't explain or justify our words. Uh, it's always our heart that is going to uh, show what is deep within us. Uh, and that is uh, the, 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 the point that Jesus is making in this verse. Uh, the words that we speak result either in good fruit or bad fruit. Uh, it can be bad fruit, which uh, is ungodly words, uh, which bring bad outcomes, bad fruit, which show what our heart is like. Uh, for example, the commandments speak about... Uh, not taking the name of the Lord in vain. Okay, that is speech sin. Uh, when uh, we use God's name in a flippant way, uh, we're taking God's name in vain. When we're complaining about the work of God in our hearts, when we complain about his providence, we are taking the name of the Lord in vain. And the bad fruit that results from that is that God is not glorified. People will speak, uh, will think and speak badly of God because of our speech. That's the bad fruit from the words that we speak from a bad heart. A bad heart. We speak words that are angry sometimes or abusive. Uh, remember the gun coming out of the mouth. We speak words sometimes that hurt people. 
that really injure them, that lacerate them. And the book of Proverbs, which is full of wisdom, uh, speaks about this kind of thing. Proverbs 12, verse 18, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts. Jesus warned us that our, our words can be like knifing somebody if they're filled with anger and hate. Words uh, which put down people all the time. You know, if we're always putting somebody down, they damage our relationships, and they can damage our relationships really badly. <clears throat> I came across uh, this report of a study that was carried out in America by two researchers, Cliff Notarius from Catholic University and Howard Marks of Marksman of University of Denver, and <laughs> they were uh, they were studying. Uh, newlyweds over the first decade of marriage and they found uh, a subtle but telling difference at the beginning of the relationships among couples who would ultimately stay together five out of every hundred comments made about each other were put downs five out of every hundred five percent of comments to the other person were put downs these were the ones that stayed together amongst couples who would later split Ten of every hundred comments were insults, put-downs. And that gap magnified over the following decade until couples heading downhill were uh, flinging five times as many cruel and invalidating comments at each other as happy couples. The, one of the researchers comments, hostile put-downs act as cancerous cells that, if unchecked, erode the relationship over time. You can say negative things about people behind their backs. Uh, that might mean passing on gossip. Uh, might be passing on things that we know that we, we can't verify are true. Might be passing on things that we know are true but are negative about the other person. And the result, the fruit, if you like, is that someone's reputation is damaged uh, <clears throat> in that way. We can bear false witness. Uh, another of the commandments: you shall not bear false witness. Uh, we do that when we deceive others knowingly by our words. Uh, sometimes that can mean that we, we lack the guts or the, the courage to say what should be said to someone uh, with frankness and love, uh, candor with kindness. Uh, flattery is a form of deception that prevents people making spiritual progress. So all of these things, uh, these are uh, speech that results in bad fruit. Bad speech, gossip, put-downs, angry words, resulting in bad situations, fractured relationships, broken marriage, hurt people, people who had their reputations damaged. That's a bad fruit resulting from uh, sinful words. But on the other hand, there is good fruit coming from the heart. The heart issuing good words which have good fruit. When we have gospel opportunities uh, and speak about the grace of God, uh, we can have fruitful outcomes. When we meet with someone who's struggling, we can use words that encourage. Uh, Job was somebody who had good words that helped people. He said of him, your words have upheld him who was stumbling, and you have made firm weak knees. You know, we underestimate sometimes the power of our words to help people struggling. When we affirm someone, uh, when we, instead of pointing out their weakness, we point out their strengths and say that we appreciate 
uh, the, the strengths of their character, then we build them up. Uh, when we speak uh, well of people to their face and well of people to others, uh, we are bringing blessing. Proverbs 16.24, gracious words are like a honeycomb, <coughs> sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Gracious words. Gracious words. Words of grace. Gospel words. Words that bring the truth of the gospel into a situation. That's really what speaking the truth in love uh, means. Uh, and as we said, there are sometimes situations where uh, we need to be the friend who's willing uh, to, to speak uh, in a tough, a forthright way, to speak uh, with candor and kindness into the situation, speaking truth with love. Uh, we are very often uh, up for the task of confronting someone, but less up for the task of confronting in love. Combining kindness with candor. The fruit from that, spiritual progress, deeper trust, solid friendships, godly words bringing about lasting fruit. Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen, not just the person you're speaking to, but those who are around, will be built up by your words. So that's the, the bad fruit and the good fruit. In any situation, whether we're in a, in a difficult situation or a good situation, uh, our words uh, are dependent not on the situation, but on our heart. And the outcome of what we say will be either good fruit to the glory of God, strengthening others, or it will be bad fruit which people are damaged and relationships are broken because of sinful words. What's that revealing about our hearts? Because this is what Jesus is saying. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it's showing us the condition of our hearts. And we have, we've often thought uh, in, in, uh, in uh, our sermons of the fact that as Christians we are children of God. We're sons of the living God. This is our great privilege as Christians to be in a secure relationship with God because Jesus has obtained our forgiveness and has secured our, our righteousness. We are in the family. We are absolutely confident in the love of God and we know that we don't need to prove ourselves or work and earn his acceptance. He gives it to us as a free gift when we believe in Jesus. And there is a, a way of thinking that goes with that. Uh, the, the thinking of a son is very different from the thinking of a slave. That's the contrast that the, the, the Bible makes. Uh, when you're not a Christian, you're thinking like a slave all the time. How does a slave think? A slave thinks... Uh, my master is watching me and I have got to win his approval. I'll win his approval by working as well as I can when his eye is on me. But I don't really know if he loves me. Uh, it depends on my performance. You see? And there are people who think that they can persuade God 
to approve them by what they do. And you can never be secure or confident in your position if you're thinking like a slave, if you're trying to earn your master's commendation. Words will tell whether we are sons or slaves. They reveal the condition of our heart uh, in different ways. Grumbling and complaining is evidence of a slave's heart. A slave has little confidence in God's uh, uh, ability to organize his life for good. And so uh, I think that I could do a lot better if only I was in charge of my life. But God has dealt me a bad hand. Things are dreadful in my life just now. God, why have you allowed this to happen? The complaining, grumbling spirit shows up a slave's heart. Boastful words show up a slave's heart. Why do they show up a slave's heart? Because I feel that I have to point out all the time how good I am. Why do I need to do that? Because I think that by being good, I can twist God's arm and that he'll love and accept me. And so I'm always pointing out my good deeds. I'm always signaling my own virtues. I'm always trying to show that I'm better than others. And when I put down others, then I'm speaking out of pride that reveals a slave's heart. Because it's not just good enough that I... uh, done this, but I need to be better than other people. So I need to to show myself up uh, better than others are, and so on. And on the other hand, grace-filled words show up the heart of a child of God. Uh, when, When I speak with words of gratitude and praise, uh, when I'm ready to point out the good in others and affirm them, I'm revealing in some way that I'm secure in the love of God. I don't need people to think uh, well of me. I don't need to prove my own uh, goodness before others. I can speak about the goodness that there is in others. I can affirm them and I can praise them to others. Words that are ready to frame an apology show the heart of a son. I don't need to make excuses when I have messed up uh, and have fallen. Uh, because my, my end destination doesn't depend upon my perfection, because I don't have it, but Jesus has it. And therefore, I can apologize to others. I don't need to be on the defensive all the time. I'm not insecure, because I'm not a slave any longer. I was a slave once, but these days are behind me. Today I'm a son. And I can say sorry, because Jesus loved me and died for me. I can speak with brave words, with candor and kindness, because I love the other person. And because of that, I'm willing uh, to speak the truth in love. So our words are important. Our words reveal our heart. But the problem, isn't it? Uh, Although our heart, uh, we're reminded, is uh, deceitful, desperately wicked, who can understand it? The little that we know about our hearts does tell us that we have mixed messages, don't we, coming from our lips. And this is the great, the great problem that we have words which uh, show up slavishness as well as sonship. And James, in his letter, talks about this. Uh, talks about this, this great uh, 
problem. That out of the same mouth, he says, come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Our words show up the battle that goes on in our hearts very readily. And that in itself can be a good thing, can show the struggle in our lives. And that's why when we focus on our words, it's a a spiritual exercise which yields progress if we take it seriously. Our speech is highly important. Although our culture doesn't think of our words being important, the Bible says this is an important area. This is a litmus test for how you are spiritually. Uh, so let's get really practical. I want to, I want to suggest uh, a spiritual exercise that we could all do profitably. Uh, and that is to, to take careful note of our words over the coming week. Uh, for the next week, why don't you pay particular attention to your speech? Why don't you resolve uh, to have certain kinds of speech coming from your lips and to avoid other kinds of speech? Uh, Resolve on the one hand that you will not gossip, complain, criticize, make excuses and defend yourself, force, others. I will not gossip, complain, criticize, make excuses, defend myself, boast about what I've done, deceive others. Negative. I will not do these things. And on the other hand, I will try to speak in a certain way. I will try to witness regularly, affirm others, express gratitude and praise, Apologize readily and speak with candor and kindness where that's appropriate in any situation. That would be that would be really hard, but that would be really profitable. Uh, we could ask the Lord to help us in our conversation and our speech, and then at lunchtime, how do we? And at the end of the day, reflect on our words. And we would find that exercise hard. I know I would. But it will be profitable. It will be profitable. Uh, because even our failures will show up spiritual lessons. Um, especially it will reflect the truth as to whether we are actually relating to God as sons or slaves. Whether our relationship, our heart relationship with God is right, or whether we're not actually being consistent with our union with Christ. For example, if, if we find that uh, when we look at the content of our speech, we are uh, continually making excuses for ourselves and blaming others, or we're putting down others to make ourselves look better, then uh, we need to, to recognize that these are the signs of a slave who's not secure in God's love but wants to assert his righteousness all the time. And so we can learn from that. 
when we delight in listening to gossip or passing on negative comments, then uh, we know that it's because I want to look relatively better than somebody else. And that again is reflecting uh, insecurity, a lack of confidence in my position as a child of God. But on the other hand, where I'm able to affirm others, when I'm able to, to pass over criticisms that are made against myself without uh, an angry response, well, that's, that kind of speech is showing that I'm beginning at last to grasp something of what it is to be a child of God, to be justified by faith in Christ. That's what our words will show up. Now, our words will show up also if we're not Christian at all. And that is a wonderful, if alarming, discovery to make also. And if that's our discovery, then we can use words and come to God in prayer. And Romans 10 tells us our words are important in salvation. If we believe in our hearts and if we confess with our mouths, will be saved. Salvation is about trusting in Jesus with our hearts and resting on his, his work on the cross of Calvary, that when he died on the cross of Calvary, he died for your sin. And you can receive that as a gift and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And tell somebody about it. If that's what you're doing. Confess with your lips. And from then on, for all of us, our, our speech becomes an ongoing prayer to God. We, we sang from, from the psalmist, the psalmist asks the Lord to set a guard over the door of his mouth. Again, the psalmist, his prayer is, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. We can't win on our own. We depend on the grace of God that he is able to refine our speech and make us more like Jesus and to give us more and more the heart of sons and daughters of the living God absolutely secure in the love of God and showing that by our words. Let's pray. Father, we give thanks for the, the practical nature of the Bible. Thank you, Lord, for its wisdom. And we pray, Lord, that uh, you would search our hearts and give us a, a gritty realism when it comes to our speech. Lord, our prayer of confession is uh, the prayer of Isaiah when he beheld your glory. Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell amongst a people of unclean lips. Lord, we pray that we will know again the touch of the coal from the altar on our lips, that our speech might be purified, and our words will be only words of blessing. Forgive us, Lord, our words of hurt and shame and pride, and make us more and more those who speak of love and grace and the cross. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close with a, a hymn uh, by one of the 
Scottish hymn writer Horatius Boner, fill thou my life in every way. O Lord my God, in every part with praise that my whole being may proclaim thy being and thy way. The, the gist of the hymn is that uh, we're asking the Lord to help us to, to live for him, not just uh, on Sundays when we come to, to do an obvious thing like worshipping him in the church, but that uh, in whatever you'll be doing tomorrow, uh, whether you're digging in the garden, uh, whether you're speaking with a neighbour, whether you're studying, whatever you're doing, uh, God is with you and you are able to, to glorify him in that and to speak for him and to show worship for him by what you're doing in the ordinary way. Fill thou my life, O Lord, my God. Maybe we can hear this between mercy and peace from Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon you now and forevermore.